0: Chapter Fifteen of The Hour of the Dragon by Robert E. Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen The Return of the Corsair Conan's first sensation of returning consciousness was that of motion. Under him was no solidity, but a ceaseless heaving and plunging. Then he heard wind humming through the cords and spars and knew he was aboard a ship, even before his blurred sight cleared. He heard a mutter of voices, and then a dash of water deluged him, jerking him sharply into full animation. He heaved up with a sulfurous curse, braced his legs, and glared about him, with a burst of coarse guffaws in his ears and the reek of unwashed bodies in his nostrils. He was standing on the poop-deck of a long galley which was running before the wind that whipped down from the north, her striped sail bellying against the taut sheets. The sun was just rising in a dazzling blaze of gold and blue and green. To the left of the shoreline was a dim purple shadow. To the right stretched the open ocean. This much Conan saw at a glance that likewise included the ship itself. It was long and narrow, a typical trading ship of the southern coasts, high of poop and stern, with cabins at either extremity. Conan looked down into the open waste. whence wafted that sickening, abominable odor. He knew it of old. It was the body scent of the oarmen, chained to their benches. They were all negroes, forty men to each side, "'each confined by a chain locked about his waist "'with the other end welded to a heavy ring "'set deep in the solid runway beam "'that ran between the benches from stem to stern. "'The life of a slave aboard an Argosian galley "'was a hell unfathomable. "'Most of these were Cushites. But some thirty of the blacks, who now rested on their idle oars and stared up at the stranger with dull curiosity, were from the far southern isles, the homelands of the corsairs. Conan recognized them by their straighter features and hair, their rangier, cleaner-limbed build, and he saw among them men who had followed him of old. But all this he saw and recognized in one swift, all-embracing glance as he rose, before he turned his attention to the figures about him. Reeling momentarily on braced legs, his fists clenched wrathfully, he glared at the figures clustered about him. The sailor who had drenched him stood grinning, the empty bucket still poised in his hand, and Conan cursed him with venom, instinctively reaching for his hilt. Then he discovered that he was weaponless and naked, except for his short leather breeks. "'What lousy tub is this?' he roared. "'How did I come aboard here?' The sailors laughed jeeringly. Stocky, bearded Argosians to a man, and one, whose richer dress and air of command proclaimed him captain, folded his arms and said domineeringly, "'We found you lying on the sands. "'Somebody had wrapped you on the pate and taken your clothes.' NEEDING AN EXTRA MAN, WE BROUGHT YOU ABOARD. WHAT SHIP IS THIS? CONAN DEMANDED. THE VENTURER, OUT OF MISANTIA, WITH A CARGO OF MIRRORS, SCARLET SILK CLOAKS, SHIELDS, GILDED HELMETS, AND SWORDS TO TRADE TO THE SHEMITES FOR COPPER AND GOLD ORE. I AM DEMETRIO, CAPTAIN OF THIS VESSEL, AND YOUR MASTER, henceforward. Then I'm headed in the direction I wanted to go, after all, muttered Conan, heedless of that last remark. They were racing southeastward, following the long curve of the Argosian coast. These trading ships never ventured far from the shoreline. Somewhere ahead of him, he knew that low, dark Stygian galley was speeding southward. Have you sighted a Stygian galley? began Conan. But the beard of the burly, brutal-faced captain bristled. He was not in the least interested in any question his prisoner might wish to ask, and felt it high time he reduced this independent wastrel to his proper place. "'Get forward!' he roared. "'I've wasted enough time with you. I've done you the honor of having you brought to the poop to be revived, and answered enough of your infernal questions. Get off this poop!' "'You'll work your way aboard this gallery.' "'I'll buy your ship,' began Conan, "'before he remembered that he was a penniless wanderer. "'A roar of rough mirth greeted these words, "'and the captain turned purple, thinking he sensed ridicule. "'You mutinous swine,' he bellowed, "'taking a threatening step forward, "'while his hand closed on the knife at his belt.' "'Get forward before I have you flogged. "'You'll keep a civil tongue in your jaws, "'or by Mithra I'll have you chained among the blacks to tug an oar.' "'Conan's volcanic temper, never long at best, burst into explosion. "'Not in years, even before he was king, "'had a man spoken to him thus and lived. "'Don't lift your voice to me, you tar-breached dog.' he roared in a voice as gusty as the sea wind, while the sailors gaped dumbfounded. "'Draw that toy, and I'll feed you to the fishes.' "'Who do you think you are?' gasped the captain. "'I'll show you,' roared the maddened Cimmerian, and he wheeled and bounded toward the rail where weapons hung in their brackets. The captain drew his knife and ran at him bellowing, but before he could strike— Conan gripped his wrist with a wrench that tore the arm clean out of the socket. The captain bellowed like an ox in agony and then rolled clear across the deck as he was hurled contemptuously from his attacker. Conan ripped a heavy axe from the rail and wheeled cat-like to meet the rush of the sailors. They ran in, giving tongue-like hounds, clumsy-footed and awkward in comparison to the pantherish Cimmerian." Before they could reach him with their knives, he sprang among them, striking right and left too quickly for the eye to follow, and blood and brain spattered as two corpses struck the deck. Knives flailed the air wildly as Conan broke through the stumbling, gasping mob and bounded to the narrow bridge that spanned the waste from poop to forecastle, just out of reach of the slaves below. Behind him the handful of sailors on the poop were floundering after him, daunted by the destruction of their fellows and the rest of the crew, some thirty in all, came running across the bridge toward him with weapons in their hands. Conan bounded out on the bridge and stood poised above the upturned black faces, axe lifted, black mane blown in the wind. "'Who am I?' he yelled. "'Look, you dogs, look!' Ajanga, Yasunga, Laranga, who am I? And from the waist rose a shout that swelled to a mighty roar Amra it is Amra The lion has returned. The sailors who caught and understood the burden of that awesome shout, paled and shrank back, staring in sudden fear at the wild figure on the bridge. Was this in truth that bloodthirsty ogre of the southern seas, who had so mysteriously vanished years ago, but who still lived in gory legends? The blacks were frothing crazy now, shaking and tearing at their chains and shrieking the name of Amra like an invocation. Kushites, who had never seen Conan before, took up the yell the slaves in the pen under the after-cabin began to batter at the walls, shrieking like the damned. Demetrio, hitching himself along the deck on one hand and his knees, livid with the agony of his dislocated arm, screamed, "'In and kill him, dogs, before the slaves break loose!' Fired to desperation by that word, the most dread to all galleymen, the sailors charged onto the bridge from both ends." But with a lion-like bound, Conan left the bridge and hit like a cat on his feet on the runway between the benches. Death to the masters, he thundered, and his axe rose and fell crashingly full on a shackle chain, severing it like matchwood. In an instant a shrieking slave was free, splintering his oar for a bludgeon. "'Men were racing frantically along the bridge above, "'and all hell and bedlam broke loose on the Venturer. "'Conan's axe rose and fell without pause, "'and with every stroke a frothing, screaming black giant broke free, "'mad with hate and the fury of freedom and vengeance. "'Sailors leaping down into the waste to grapple or smite at the naked white giant, "'hewing like one possessed at the shackles,' found themselves dragged down by the hands of slaves yet unfreed, while others, their broken chains whipping and snapping about their limbs, came up out of the waste like a blind black torrent, screaming like fiends, smiting with broken oars and pieces of iron, tearing and rending with talons and teeth. In the midst of the melee, the slaves in the pen broke down the walls and came surging up on the decks, and with fifty blacks freed of their benches, Conan abandoned his iron hewing and bounded up on the bridge to add his notched axe to the bludgeons of his partisans. Then it was massacre. The Argosians were strong, sturdy, fearless like all their race, trained in the brutal school of the sea, but they could not stand against these maddened giants led by the tigerish barbarian. Blows and abuse and hellish suffering were avenged in one red gust of fury that raged like a typhoon from one end of the ship to the other. And when it had blown itself out, but one white man lived aboard the Venturer, and that was the blood-stained giant about whom the chanting blacks thronged to cast themselves prostrate on the bloody deck and beat their heads against the boards in an ecstasy of hero-worship." Conan, his mighty chest heaving and glistening with sweat, the red axe gripped in his blood-smeared hand, glared about him as the first chief of men might have glared in some primordial dawn, and shook his black mane. In that moment he was not king of Aquilonia. He was again lord of the black corsairs, who had hacked his way to lordship through flame and blood. Amra, um, Amra, um, chanted the delirious blacks, those who were left to chant. The lion has returned. Now will the Stygians howl like dogs in the night, and the black dogs of Kush will howl. Now will villages burst in flames and ships founder. Aye, there will be wailing of women and the thunder of the spears. Cease this, yammering dogs. Conan roared in a voice that drowned the clap of the sail in the wind. Ten of you, go below and free the oarsmen who are chained. The rest of you, man the sweeps and bend to oars and halyards. Crom's devils, don't you see we've drifted inshore during the fight? Do you want to run aground and be retaken by the Argosians? Throw these carcasses overboard. Jump to it, you rogues, or I'll notch your hides for you. With shouts and laughter and wild singing they leaped to do his commands. The corpses, white and black, were hurled overboard, where triangular fins were already cutting the water. Conan stood on the poop, frowning down at the black men who watched him expectantly. His heavy brown arms were folded, his black hair grown long in his wanderings blew in the wind. A wilder, and more barbaric figure never trod the bridge of a ship, and in this ferocious corsair few of the courtiers of Aquilonia would have recognized their king. "'There's food in the hold,' he roared. "'Weapons in plenty for you, for this ship carried blades and harness to the Shemites who dwelt along the coast. There are enough of us to work, ship, and to fight.' "'You rowed in chains for the Argosian dogs? "'Will you row as free men for Amra?' "'Aye!' they roared. "'We are thy children. Lead us where you will.' "'Then fall to and clean out that waste,' he commanded. "'Free men don't labor in such filth. Three of you, come with me and break out food from the after-cabin. "'By Crom! I'll pat out your ribs before this cruise is done.' "'Another yell of approbation answered him "'as the half-starved blacks scurried to do his bidding. "'The sail bellied as the wind swept over the waves "'with renewed force, "'and the white crests danced along the sweep of the wind. "'Conan planted his feet to the heave of the deck, "'breathed deep and spread his mighty arms. "'King of Aquilonia he might no longer be. "'King of the blue ocean he was still.' End of chapter 15